Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick and Andy Brampernard. And we'll be right back. Alex will be in later on, but we'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Last night, free flight. Zero out. Sure, Elton John. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, little Elton John. I just call him EJ. You know. You know what I'm saying. A hell of a song. It was a really, really good song. So Yeah, yeah a um, lot of really good songs. What's, he did. What's better, his version or Shatner's version? <laughs> Last night, pre-flight. Check my bag. Zero hours. I don't understand why he, why did he do that. No one understands. Because Sebastian Cabot did it before him, I guess. You think that's why? Sebastian Cabot, who paid, played the butler on Family Affair, he did uh, some spoken word albums, too. Uh, do it. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, yeah. Play a song for me. Remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah. yeah. Spoken word was, like, <laughs> cool back then. Well, I mean, it never was really cool, but some people Well, that's it was. true. That's exactly right, ladies and gentlemen. So I have a question for, well, this is for L.A. Nick, and then Andy, uh, you can answer afterward. But um, so let's say you're 67 years old, uh -huh. and you'll be spending the next 23 years of your life minimum in prison because you haven't even been charged in California yet. Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison so for what he, was he did. So sentenced until he was 90. Yep. So yeah, odds are he's not getting out. No, it's a life sentence. No, he's never getting out. Uh, but he faces ninety more charges in California. Hmm. Whoops. I think it might be one hundred and twenty-three years. I think they'll waive him. Just keep him in prison in New York, and they'll just waive that trial. No, I don't think they will. You don't think they'll they'll There's they go after him? There's too much clout to be had nope. sentencing Harvey Weinstein. They want Weinstein. that publicity. Yep. 
Well, that's true. No but one deserves it more than this prick. He may end up dead before then. That's true. Yes, he will. No, he will. I guarantee you he will. Because his There's brain has to be just reeling. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I would think so. Oh, I think even if he doesn't die of natural causes, he will get killed in prison because he's a flaming prick. I think he might commit suicide. Well, he might, yes, that's true. He could kill himself. Yeah, any of a number of things could kill himself. There would be a lot of things going on. Does he still have money? Yeah, oh, God, he's got a ton of money. He does have money. Absolutely. Does he have kids? His own broom. I don't know about that. Hmm. That I do not know. That's a good question. But I know his own brother, Mike, turned on him like there's no no tomorrow. If he doesn't have any kids, he, he might commit suicide. He has yeah, he five children. Wow. Oh, he does? Yeah. How old are they? Because uh, they got to be in their 40s, I would imagine, or at least late 30s. Question. Let's see. They have... 1995, 98, 2002, 2010, and 2013. So they're all over the place. Births? Yep. Wow, so he's got he some pretty young skin. kids. Oh, gross. Yeah. So, so, but his victims are going to probably suck most of that money away. <laughs> yeah, probably. In civil suits. Probably true. Well, that's too bad. See, look what you did to your family there, Harvey. Look what, look how, uh, look how your family will and end you know up what? because of you. He's, Maybe he's just the tip of the iceberg. Trust me, in that world. In oh, Hollywood, God, God yeah. yes. Yeah, they all been doing well. Corey Feldman just came out and said that Charlie Sheen raped uh, Corey Haim when he was uh, like 12 or 13 years old. And, of course, Charlie's fighting back hard. But, mm. but uh, Corey Feldman says, no, he did it. He absolutely did it. It's not surprising. So I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Although Corey Haim's mother's defending Charlie Sheen. I don't know why she'd do that. That doesn't seem like, I mean, Charlie Sheen's a pig, but I don't think he would. I don't know. I just don't see him doing that. He's a womanizer. Yeah. Yeah, he does like to womanize. There's no question about it. So we'll keep an eye on it in any case, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a lot of stuff going on today. Of course, now uh, we find out that 42 minutes from right now that Bernie Sanders has a press conference. So he's either going to do one of two things. He's going to say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in this till the very end, and I'm going to fight, fight, fight. Or he's going to say, you know what? I got millions of dollars in the bank. I'm out of here. I yeah. say he's dropping out. Probably. I do too, and I, and I and I can't even comprehend the the debate between Biden and Trump. Oh God! Oh God! Biden, Biden can't oh, even God. speak a sentence. He can't say a full sentence. He can't do well, it. And the debate between Bernie and Trump would also be. Mm. Oh, there's, just there, was, be wild. there was some like steel worker that that questioned Biden yesterday yeah, at a press we conference. Yeah, talked about that. Yep. Just, Biden just freaked out on him. Just he lost it. He did. He didn't like that. You're a horse's ass. Yeah, oh. don't be a horse's ass, he says to the guy. First he said, told him he was full of shit, and then he just went yeah, off, he did. man. And, yeah, and, he did. And Biden did say that on tape. I watched the video saying, I'm coming to get your guns. <laughs> yep. No, he did. I don't he think he knows. I don't something. think he knows what he says day to day. You may be right about that because as he made the announcement, look, I'm a Democrat. I'm in this for the long run. I'm not only a Democrat, I'm an O'Biden-Bama Democrat. <laughs> He said, "Oh, Biden, Obama doesn't even know his own uh, name." Well, tr- oh, well truth is more important than facts. <laughs> uh, uh, God, what's the name of that site? There's a great, great site that uh, Doug Sprinthal uh, t- 
turned uh, turned me on to. Remember they say he turned me on to it, man. Yeah. But he introduced a, a new comedy site. I can't remember the name of it, but on the comedy site, uh, Biden's on there saying, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. I know some people can get upset by this, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to pick Donald Trump as my running mate." <laughs> know who's handling who's biden's handlers are but they just have to be just like uh i don't know how they could do it yeah yeah i don't know it's it's an unfortunate situation this is so basically joe biden and donald trump's as good as it gets huh that's pretty sad man yeah (laughs) it really is when you think of it really sad well, it's and what I people keep bringing want. Up the question. They want bombastic and memorable. They don't yeah, want they do. Competent. Well, that's true. Which is unfortunate. When you're talking about the most powerful human being on Earth should probably be competent, don't you think? You would think. I, but... I do think Sanders will bail tonight because he really doesn't have a path forward. He really doesn't. No, and, he doesn't. And, and having no, that, that base of young kids, young kids are great and energetic, but and they show up for rallies, but they, guess what? They don't show up to the polls. Yep. They don't show up to vote. No, they don't. They, they don't just don't. Vote. It's You're just right. fact. So that's why mm-hmm. he lost, and Biden went after the older people who show up to vote. Let's see. I was wow, kind of yeah. surprised that 65 Sanders older, won North Dakota. 65 or older, voter turnout is 65 to 68%. Yeah. Uh, 18 to 29 is 35%. Yeah, see, they don't show up to vote. They just yep. don't do it. Guess what? They decided that there was, there was a concert or, there, or somebody got some dope, and that's it. They don't go vote. <laughs> yeah. They got something to do. Yeah, that's exactly it. I don't know. We shall, uh, we shall see what happens with the whole thing. But I, I, I once again... I will ask the question I asked it this morning on the morning show, and I'll, I'll ask it like maybe till the end of time. Why didn't the Democrats go with Tulsi Gabbard? They she has shut her. all. She checks all the boxes, but they turn their back on her immediately. They shut her out like the plague, man. Why? I don't know why. I she's 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 well spoken. She's attractive. Mm-hmm. She has everything that they would you would think they would want. She's a woman. She's you know mixed what? race. You know, she served you, in the military. You, I mean, she you know, did everything. You know what? There's where it is. In the military? Yep. Yeah. Really? The Democrats they don't want somebody who's like in the military? So, man. They're anti, anti-police, oh, anti-military. Yep. Well, I'd like to see you wander through your neighborhood out without any cops. I'd love to watch that, well, see just, how you'd be making just, out. Just go to North, Just go to Minneapolis. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. See how nice there that cops place there. is. I tell you what, down, Minneapolis right now is a, is a ghost town, man. It's a ghost it town. It is, yeah. No, but right now it with the corona is. thing, it's worse. Right, right. Because they're, they're not letting, all these big companies are letting people work from home. Yeah. <laughs> the skyways are empty, empty. Yeah, oh, really? I can see that. Uh, a lot of businesses are going to close in the next a couple A lot of businesses months. are closing, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. it's already started. I was actually surprised that... Uh, Oh, what just closed? A, a big place restaurant downtown. Oh, well, yeah. IDS building. I, oh, yeah. Uh, Mission. Been there forever. Yep. Mission. Mission American yep. Kitchen or whatever. As long as I've been in Minneapolis, yep. it's been there. It's gone. Gone. Or at least it's and about why, to be gone. I think it's No, gone. it's gone. Yeah. yeah? They closed yeah. it. Oh. And you heard what he said. The uh, manager or the owner or whoever it is, I don't know, but he said, uh, sorry, but we just can't deal with the p- people who run this city. It's impossible to run a business in this city now because of the people who run the city. That's what he said. Well, you know, Jacob Fry has more important things to do. 
then then deal with that because yeah, what's he got to do? I forgot. Well, he he want, he just declared he just declared March. I'm trying to get the exact date. He just declared March tenth. March tenth. So yesterday. Yesterday. Was yesterday. Abortion Provider Day. <laughs> Abortion Provider Appreciation, Appreciation Day. Appreciation Day. Yeah. Abortion Provider Appreciation Day. So people that provide abortions get their own day now. Mm. Hmm. Appreciate so, it. I have a question. I have a question. Who does for that? You. Who does that, Tom? Are are the voters? Are we all that stupid that these people can do whatever and do say whatever and do whatever yes. they want because they think we're that stupid? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, you get an abortion, you got an abortion, that's your business. None of my business, whatever. <clears throat> I just don't. This whole taking sides and what you should do with your fetus disgusts me. Either side of it. It's like whatever. Minneapolis right? Mayor Jacob Fry proclaims March 10th Abortion Provider Appreciation Day. Whatever. Yeah, and get rid of the cops. Don't appreciate the cops at all. They uh, keep you safe and all that. Right. It's if, so disgusting. I don't know if you guys know this, what City Council and him just did. So this wasn't this wasn't anything. They took a vote, and the vote was for applying, not taking, not getting it, but applying for a federal grant to get money to hire more police officers. Just applying. Now, when it came through, you could say yay or nay. Mm-hmm. They voted even against applying. Why? <laughs> I have no idea. It was like $1.6 million you would get from the federal government, and they voted against even applying for it. You didn't have to take it if you got it. It wasn't mandatory, but you had to apply it by a certain date. And they voted Look, against <clears throat> even applying. i got to point something out to you. <clears throat> even though Minneapolis was the most anti-Semitic city in the world at the end of World War II, not just in the United States, but in the world, um, you've been to a lot of different cities. You've been to every major city, spent time in every major city, so have I and all the rest of it. I will tell you, and I'm very confident in saying this, Minneapolis-St. Paul is the least racist metropolitan area I've ever been in in the United States. The least racist. Would you agree with that, L.A. Nick? I would say it's up there. I mean, Philadelphia is pretty not racist, so... Well, let's not get carried away now. (laughs) There are other kinds of this, but not racist. Right. Yeah, there are other kind of this, but look, Minnesota is not a very racist place. I suppose if you get out in the hinterlands out there with whatever, maybe way, way, way up north, and I blame that on Canadians. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it is the it is the least racist place that I've ever lived, that I've ever been. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to, to debate that with anyone. You yep. name a place that's less racist than Minneapolis-St. Paul. Man, and yet many. all we ever hear is how racist we are. You know, You're disgusting. They could get rid of racism if all black people started speaking with a British accent. Hmm. <laughs> like they do in England? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever heard that. It was on, I think, the Johnny Carson show, and I can't remember who it was. But, you know, I grew up in a mixed-race neighborhood, right? I'm used to inner-city guys, okay? I'm watching Johnny Carson one night. This guy's on there. Well, let me tell you something, Johnny. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Where's that coming from? It would end from? all racism. It probably would. 
probably would. But I'm, then what would uh, you know, high school and, and freshmen in college do for, for rap music so they could pretend they're all urban? Yeah, for real. Yeah. They love to do that. They like to pretend they're really urban. We're Ooh, in such, I'm urban, we're in such a mess. I'm still waiting to uh, see a extremely rare combo, like a black guy with a Chinese accent. <laughs> Ooh, I might sure never see it. I'm sure it's somewhere. No, I'm sure it exists somewhere. Sorry. You probably have to go to China it to already, see it. But. Nope. Nope. 1978 or 9, Richard Pryor did an impression of a Chinese wow. waiter with a stutter. I don't know if that really counts. It was one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. What year was that? A Chinese waiter, like 78, 79, something like that. Oh, that's when he was doing a lot of dope. Well... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That is very, very true. Ooh, we got to take a break here because we have a guest coming up in just a couple of minutes. We'll be right back. Jason Van Camp, Deliberate Discomfort, How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. Jason Van Camp, our special guest in a couple of minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Oh, my Lord. What a great song. What a great song that is, George Harrison, ladies and gentlemen. An ex-girlfriend of boxer Floyd Mayweather Jr. has been found dead. Josie Harris, who reportedly dated Mayweather from 1995 to 2010 and is the mother of three of his children, was found unresponsive in her car at her home in Valencia, California. Around 9.30 p.m. on Monday, pronounced dead on the scene, the outlet cites law enforcement sources as saying no foul play is suspected, no cause of death has been released. Overdose. So found dead in her car. Do you think uh, either yeah. overdose or dead asphyxiation? Dead in the car, that's an overdose. Dead in the car is overdose, yeah. usually. Yeah, it kind of seems. How old? Like it. How old was he? Forty. Hmm. 
He's 40 years old, has three kids with uh, Mayweather. It's interesting, though. I looked at this. Their, their youngest child's name is Girah, J-I-R-A-H. But the other two, uh, an 18-year-old named Zion and a 20-year-old named Quran. So he went with both the Quran and the yeah, Jews. He went with the Jews and the Muslims. Yeah, why not? That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, why not? What, what the hell? Maybe Jirah well, I wonder what Jirah means. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it means something. Let's see here. There's but, a whiskey uh, named Jirah. There is? <laughs> yeah. Jirah means Jehovah. So There you go, Jehovah yeah. Witness. I guess he. You got Jehovah. You got the Quran. You got Zion. You got yeah. it all. Yeah, everything's everything's terrific. Peace in the Middle East. <clears throat> no doubt about it. Uh, just keep an eye on. Oh, yeah, Biden's Michigan win shows Democrats want one thing. Well, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. What, what do you mean they, they want one thing? Oh, uh, and that should have Trump worried. Um, much is being made of Joe Biden's Tuesday night win in Michigan, and on the flip side, Bernie Sanders lost there and what it means for the candidate. But there's another 2020 candidate who should be just as concerned by Biden's victory pundits say President Trump, that's the, oh, Chris Chalitza, whatever, declares electability one of Tuesday night's winners. He allows that for a long time. He's kind of dismissed it as something that's in the eye of the beholder. But what Super Tuesday uh, two's exit polling reinforces that Democratic voters hugely valued a candidate they believe could beat Trump. I, is he even going to? I, look, I don't know. It's not. It's not my business who becomes president or is president of the United States. In Minnesota, unless you vote Democrat, you, you're not going to have much of a. Well, although Trump only lost Minnesota to to uh, Hillary Clinton by not, what one one and a half points. Not many, just because of the Twin Cities. Right, yeah, and it was is because of the Twin Cities, the only reason he lost the state. But I don't know. I, I don't understand how you can go from a guy who was dead in the water ten days ago to now. Oh, he's going to become president. I guarantee it. Well, yeah. you're the same people who said he was dead ten I'll days ago. I'll tell you why. Because the D- Democratic National Party is, does not want Bernie Sanders as their guy. No, they do not. They well, do he's not, not even a Democrat. I know he's not. Anything. No, he's not. He's an independent running as a Democratic Socialist. Very weird. I have a question for you on that. Do you think that Bernie Sanders did the Fidel Castro thing on purpose just so he wouldn't become president? I think he's all part of the plan. Do you think it's just part of the plan? Yeah. Because I, I would have to agree with you. They're all with each other, man. It's all a yeah. big racket. I mean, why on earth you would you start praising Fidel Castro one week before Super Tuesday or whenever it was? I don't even remember. The same, it was about a week, wasn't the it? The same reason why he didn't make a stink about Donna Brazile giving Hillary Clinton the questions right. to the debate. Right. And he never said a word about it after. He nope, didn't fight he didn't. it. He didn't take him to court. He didn't do anything. I know. I just don't really understand that. And I, I really don't understand why people – Is it? I think uh, – She's on Fox now, isn't she, Donna Brazil? <laughs> yes, because CNN booted her. She's on Fox News. <laughs> CNN booted her, and they'd pick her up on Fox. Why would you want... She, here's a woman who tried to cheat she, well, to she win an election, and you put she her up. She did cheat. She did cheat. <laughs> We've got Jason you know, on the phone. Jason, you've never cheated in your life, have you? Oh, hell, guys. How can I respond to that? What the hell, It was just... I thought I'd, you know, test the water. That's all I was doing. You got to test the water a little bit, don't you? Once in a while. Jason Van Camp with us, ladies and gentlemen. The book, Deliberate Discomfort How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. That's a great title. I love that title, Jason. 
Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It took a long time to come up with that title, and uh, you know, I'm so proud of the title and the book. Yeah, we're a bestseller right now, number one on Amazon. We sold uh, 16,000 copies in the last three weeks. And, uh, you know, of course, if you want to get the book, go to Amazon or go to Veteran-Owned and Operated Nine Line Apparel. Uh, it's our partner where you can get a limited edition T-shirt and book bundle. So uh, pretty awesome. You know, it's interesting, Jason, because I, I don't look ahead and see who's going to be on, but I also do a morning show in town. And kind of by, by coincidence, in a way, it's kind of what you're talking about, not completely, but in a way it is. When I was a little boy of about 12, 13 years old, uh, growing up in the inner city, uh, I, one of my friend's fathers came to me and said, Hey, Tommy, you ever get in fights? And I said, Nah, not that much, but once in a while I do. And he goes, You need to do one thing for me before you ever fight anybody. I said, Yeah, what's that? He said, You don't ever want to fight somebody whose mother doesn't love him or whose father beat him. So make sure. He said, Because you fight somebody whose mother doesn't love him and his father beat him, you got no chance of beating that guy. <laughs> Because it's it's all in his head, and you got no shot. It's one of those deals: getting comfortable being uncomfortable in a different way than you're talking about. But I do remember that getting comfortable with the thought that, yeah, you don't want to really poke the bear too much, do you? No, no, you never want to poke the bear too much. You never know what's going on inside other people's heads, so you got to be patient and calculated, and you got to mitigate as many risks as you possibly can. You now, same thing if there's like a mentally unstable person. You know what I mean? Like, I, I saw a video once where this guy was going to fight another guy outside a bar, and, and the other guy started taking off all of his clothes and was completely naked. And the guy was like, I'm out of here. You know, I don't want to fight you any longer. It's kind of the same thing you're talking about, right? It's crazy, man. Exactly. That's, a, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Jason, is I'm not fighting anybody that does that. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to end well for anybody, you know? Exactly. How do you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, Jason? How does that happen? Uh, you know what? It, it, it's through experience. You know, it's not something that, that, you, that you're born with. You know, you have to deliberately make that choice, voluntarily make that choice. It's so much better if you do that rather than someone force it down your throat. You know what I mean? And I think that's what mm-hmm. most people don't understand. That, you know, discomfort, it's not a negative. It's a positive thing. It's a growth mindset. And what we're trying to start at my company, Mission Six Zero, is a deliberate discomfort Revolution. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you do you get in a mindset in a way, or or maybe you know something that's taught? I, I guess I don't know. Do do people in your position as a Green Beret, as somebody gets out there and fights for their country, special operations forces, very very special people? Do you have a fear of? Is it help if you don't have a fear of dying? Um. That's a great question. Like, I, I think everybody has a fear of, of the unknown. You know, that, that is what fear is. And when you look at death and you're like, well, nobody really knows, you know, like, no, right. what, what's going to happen. You know, you believe in things and you have faith and things like that, but you don't know, you know. And so <clears throat> that fear of the unknown is what's holding us back. You know, for, for, for Green Berets, and I always, uh, I'm a retired Green Beret, you know, fear of death is, is something that you learn with experience, like you get to understand and accept and embrace, you see it, you know, see it on the mm-hmm. battlefield and you understand that this is the profession that I've chosen, right? And this is ultimately uh, and something that could potentially happen to me and my guy. And so I think you, most guys, you know, if you 
take that uncomfortable leap of faith and start to think about those things, start to process that mentally, you sort of get accustomed to some of those, you know, potential uh, results. Right. How do you, trans- yeah, that- how do you transition on. that when you go back to normal life, though? Like when you go home, like how do you how do you put that away? It's hard. I'll tell you what. The the first time I got back from a special forces deployment, and I'll tell you, a special forces deployment was a lot different than you know a regular army deployment. You know, first time I got back from being in command of a special forces team. I mean, we went. We got into a lot of fights. Three guys, four guys on my team got Purple Hearts. You know, they got injured. One guy got killed on my team. You know, we were in firefights every single day. You know, we had, you know, enemy insurgents sending us severed heads and to, as a warning. You know, we had people betraying us. I mean, it was, like, chaotic, and you had to be on your game 24-7. And when that, you know, nine-month deployment ended and I came back to the States, like, it was hard to get my mind right. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was tough. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. I don't know how yeah. you could do it. I don't. I can't comprehend. That. How do you go from that to being back to you with your family at home? Yeah, I had like a, a girlfriend at the time, and it was around Halloween when I got back, and she wanted to go to this Halloween party, and like, and I was not in a a good mental state. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I couldn't flip the switch that easy. You know, so it took right. me a little while to to get my head right. Yeah, I, I can't see you showing up in a, a, a group of people who are all wearing masks. I don't no. see you being comfortable with that at the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, that's the thing. But I'll tell you what, after our second deployment, like, kind of the same experiences, and I got back to the States, it was hard, but it was a lot easier the second, the second time. You know? I, I then, was going to ask you that. Does it ever get easier? It does. It does. You know, you're used to it. You get accustomed to it. You kind of understand what works, what doesn't work for you. You know, because what works for you doesn't necessarily work for anybody else. And then you kind of move forward, you know, and, and you really have to have a good foundation um, of faith and, and knowing who you are and knowing what you do, you know, because I think a lot of guys struggle when they come back with PTSD, you know, and different different kind of mental states because they didn't take the time really to the process, you know, what they were going to go through. And so when you're forced to experience some of those things without having had the time to process it, you make decisions at the spur of the moment, you do things that you never really imagined yourself doing or thinking about, that's going to have a really deep, profound effect on you, and oftentimes in a very negative way. You know, and so that's why through experience, you know, you get to be stronger and more improved and um, and a and a more efficient, you know, operator or just a person in life. God, this is an amazing thing I just read in here. A National Guard soldier is set to become the Army's first female Green Beret in coming weeks, according to military officials, follow the Pentagon's opening of all combat and special operations jobs to women. Uh, in 2016, the women and enlisted soldiers in the final stage of training before graduating from the roughly year-long qualification course, or Q course, as a Special Forces Engineer Sergeant. That's a terrific story there, Jason. It is. It's a great story. And, um, you know, when I first heard it, you know, I, I had some questions, you know. Um, first off, I went to West Point, and we have men and women at West Point, and, and you know, I saw firsthand that women can do the exact same thing that men can do, right? I, I went to Ranger School, and there were no women there at the time. And since that time, I've 
seeing women go to ranger school and graduating. A friend of mine, Lisa Jaster, she she did it, you know. And now women are in the Green Berets, and I think, you know, it's, it's about time. You know, the only thing that I would say is as long as we're not bending the rules or making it easier for them to go through the selection and qualification process, then absolutely, if you earned it, you should, you know, receive your Green Beret. Now, the next phase is, you know, once you get your Green Beret, you go to a team and you go to combat. And so there's going to be some uh, cultural questions and issues and kind of fitting into a team that's obviously predominantly male. You know, if you have a 12, 14-man team and you got 11, 13 guys that are type, you know, type A, ego-driven, testosterone-fueled males, well, that female on that team needs to be strong. You know, she needs to have that right mindset. Um, you know, and I think eventually, you know, the teams will get kind of used to that dynamic. And, and as long as the, the females are, are providing value and, and showing themselves as, you know, uh, phenomenal operators, then it's a good thing. And you have so many things to talk to you about, Jason. I'm just uh, going through your bio and your descriptor of the book. Uh, I, I need you to do me a favor, Jason, because sure. I've been a lifelong, lifelong Minnesota Viking for well, lifelong since I was nine years old. As a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, love the Minnesota Vikings, love the NFL. But those players are wearing me out, Jason. I'm just telling you flat out, you're going to go to work. Uh, custom pro, customized program for each NFL team based on their unique challenges, dynamics, and culture. The ultimate goal is to teach players, coaches, and staffs to be better leaders, better teammates, and better people. This is great news for me, Jason, personally, because I'm sick to death of the way these NFL players are acting right now. Well, I totally understand where you're coming from. And, and I would tell you this, you know, from an outsider looking in, I would feel the exact same way. You know, being a guy who's in these locker rooms and knows the coaches right. and the players pretty well, I'll tell you, they're not all, you know, like they are portrayed in the media. Like, they're not all, right. you know, taking a knee. I mean, you got guys on a team that are conservative, patriotic, that love the country, mm-hmm. that fly flags in their homes, outside their homes, on their vehicles. People that have brothers and sisters serving in the military. You've got people that you know are disgusted. Some of the players on their own teams are taking a knee, you know. But they're in a, in a you know in a certain situation. They're in a dilemma where they, you know, they can't really step up and step out and say, you know, we can't do this. We have to bond as a team. You know, we have to support each other. And we have to understand that you know, like everybody has different perspectives and, and points of view. So it's it's frustrating to see that, but at the same time, I think mm-hmm. you know things are getting a lot better. And I got a football is an American sport, man. Like we all grew up watching it when we were kids. We, most of us, we, you know, some of us played football. We love it, you know. So we shouldn't let that just kind of lessen or destroy our our feelings about the sport, you know. No, I agree. And I do love. Look, I watch the Super Bowl. I see now that. Uh, I don't know. There's word out there, Jason. I don't know what the deal is here, but there's there's some talk about the 49ers dropping Garoppolo, who's got a huge contract, and picking up Kirk Cousins from the Minnesota Vikings. That that rumor came out today. Wow, that's a, I haven't heard that one yet. It's my daughter's birthday, yeah. so I've been doing birthday stuff for her. Most oh, morning, happy so birthday! I'll tell her she's three years old, so <laughs> that's the thing. Oh. Um, She's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely a princess. But uh, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I've, uh, I work with the Minnesota Vikings every year. We're going to work with them again this year. They're a phenomenal organization. Rick Spielman is a mm-hmm. stud, you know, and uh, a lot of the players are, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Riley Reef, you know, great friends of mine and, and 
super supportive of my nonprofit Warrior Rising that help veterans start their own businesses. Um, you know, and I know that you know Kyle Shanahan, who's the coach of the 49ers, was with the Redskins for a right, long time. And right, right. Cousins was his guy, his quarterback, and um, yep. you know, especially his dad. You know, Mike Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins as well. So Kirk going to San Francisco is certainly going to free up a lot of cap space for the Vikings to resign well, a lot of guys. Well, if they get it done. Yeah, if and they get then, it done, you know, it sounds like they, they want to do it. I mean, go after Bridgewater then if that's what you guys want to do. I mean, that's an interesting that's an interesting thought there. What about Garoppolo though? What are they going to do with him? I mean, they they paid him. Isn't he the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? He's got. A, he's, no, I think Kirk Cousins is is the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you know, okay, you know, it's like one big contract <laughs> for another. But you know, I guess what it comes down to is if this is true, then the Forty ers you know, front office, they just kind of lost faith in Garoppolo. And they, I guess internally they've said, you know, our goal is to win the Super Bowl every year. Garoppolo is not going to get it done, but Kirk Cousins will, I guess. I mean, that's really the I conversation that's what they think. going on. You might like this, Jason. I have uh, on my morning show, I've got an Italian guy from New Jersey as my sports my sports guy. You got to see the fit he's having. Oh, wait a minute, hey, Tommy! They got to go out and get. Uh, they got to get Garoppolo. The guy's unbelievable. I said, "Yeah, Bob. It's not because he's Italian, is it?" He goes, "No, no, no. It's got nothing to do yeah. with that." <laughs> that's right. That's right. Was, I love your attitude, Jason. I love all the things you're doing. Whether it's talking about women in uh, in the uh, special forces, uh, the NFL needing to get their uh, stuff together a little bit. Not all of them, but some people are, are disruptive. And, and you yeah, being in their yeah. locker room, I think it can only help. The book is called "Deliberate Discomfort: How U.S. Special Operations Forces Overcome Fear and Dare to Win by Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable." Jason, come back anytime. I love talking. I love your attitude. And I love your the way you look at life. It's terrific. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that tremendously. It's been an honor to be on the show. I'd love to come back anytime you like. We'll get it done, Jason. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a great day. We'll, we'll be back in two minutes with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. 
This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. <coughs> oh, no. <coughs> Corona. I'm oh my next god! To somebody with Corona. I was at a juice bar <laughs> earlier. Great. And I, and I cleared my throat twice, like just. <clears throat> and this table of three ladies left, like snapped <laughs> their heads all at once and stared at me like I was like, "Hey, idiot faces over here!" Well, you know what these big, com- like, these big companies downtown are doing it. So if we're so we're all in the office here, and if so, normally we. Like this, and so yeah. now they're doing. I work one day, you work one day, yeah. and then, oh my so God. you're not sitting next to each other. So you work from home one day, then I work from home the next day. So there's nobody sitting next to you. I saw this thing that was like the U.S. death toll of coronavirus is 12 people. De- Jeffrey Dahmer ate more people than that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I, I have to say, oh. I was like, well, that puts oh, things man. into perspective. Yeah, sure does. Like, yeah, it sure does. But, and they but, didn't act whoa. like he was. Here's the situation, though. We have we just got test kits in this country. Just got them. Like two weeks ago. So we haven't really tested anyone. We could have hundreds of thousands yeah, of right. people with the coronavirus. Oh, we absolutely do. I mean, I Italy has it. 16 million people in quarantine. 16 million Italy does? Yes. Wow. God. 16 yep. million. Everything in Italy is closed. Rome's closed. Venice is closed. I yeah. mean, closed. Like, well, you know. Washington State just closed. The state? Yeah. Like the the state, state did. They closed yeah. the they, like, state down. They went into quarantine. Yeah. The whole state. Well, they it's did not indeed. Do yeah. No, it will not. So we don't, we don't uh, know yeah, I did not. L.A., I did not know that Italy is one of the the number one travel destinations for the Chinese. They love to go to Italy. You I want, didn't know you that. You want to know why? Why? They go there. I'm not kidding you, Tom. They go there, and they bring these massive suitcases empty, and they pack mm-hmm. them full of Louis Vuitton. They pack them full of oh, all yeah. Italian fashion, and they bring it back to China. I could see that. And I've seen him. I've seen him jumping up and down trying to close Louis Vuitton bags right in front of the store. <laughs> right in front of Louis jumping Vuitton's store him. trying to get him in the suitcase. Oh, God, unbelievable. Well, it I is mean, amazing. In a communist country, you're probably not going to be able to find those things. No, you so, can't. So yeah, they, no. go to, they go to Milan and Italy and they buy all that stuff and bring it home. I'm surprised they can afford it. Oh, they can afford it. Yeah? There's a lot of rich people in China. I guess people from Hong Kong... But, like, you know, well, I would say 90% of Chinese people probably couldn't afford to do that. But, you know, there's same, always 10% true, yeah. of a billion it's, it's, is it's still... It's about the same in America. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably true. Probably so, true. What's the percentage of people in America that go buy 25 Louis Vuitton bags? Wow. <laughs> well, you know, we were just talking about this yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, LA. I had a friend, and uh, he seemed all, like, crestfallen you know he just seemed like he goes oh god i said what's the matter he goes i could tell you but i'm not going to tell anybody else but i'll tell you and since i'm not identifying him it's not going to rat him out or anything i said what's the matter he goes i have three million dollars in the bank and i'm not rich i said yeah i i I can understand that you've got isn't that sad that now if you're worth three million dollars you're not rich you can't even retire on three million (laughs) dollars Probably not. No, it, Isn't that I'm, sad. I'm, I'm 55 years old. Three million dollars <laughs> would not let me retire. When I was 18 years oh, old, God. I did a calculation 
and three million is what I would have needed to, if I just kept rolling it into CDs over and over. That's what what I would have needed to live off the interest back then. But no, now no I don't more. think. Well, for one, CDs are so worthless compared to 15 years ago. <coughs> hmm. Yeah, I could <laughs> see that. Problems. I just. Um, oh, we're about four minutes away from uh, Bernie Sanders to deliver a statement after primary losses to Biden. Mm. I have already gotten uh, a couple of people suggesting, including Joe from Louisville, that he's not going to drop out of the race. I say he is. That he's going to... You say he is. I say he's going to drop out. Several think... people have sent me text messages that said they think he's going to run as an independent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. As long as people keep donating to him, he'll keep running. He has no. He, he has a very tough road to win. He's not going to win, but he, oh, does he no. keeps getting no, donations, and that's what he cares about. He's the no refunds Because he gets to keep the money? Yep. Yep. And no refunds, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. So you think he's going to drop out, Alex? You think he's going to run as an independent? Yeah. yeah. Andy, what do you think? I think he'll probably do that. As long as people keep Run as an independent. Money, then he'll, why would he stop running? Well, if he drops out and backs <sighs> Biden, he might get a cabinet spot. And that's probably what he's Secretary of State, something like that. It's pretty big, yeah. you know, know pretty big really... temptation. He says he wants power, but I think he just wants the money. I couldn't agree more because I don't know why you would bring up Fidel Castro one week before Super Tuesday. That made no sense to me. None. Well, nothing. None of it makes any sense to me. Every 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 well, time I see true. Biden speaks, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, that's a very good point, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here because obviously Donald Trump, there he's drawing huge crowds. Biden is kicking ass. I I, um, I I actually think that Biden could like stroke out on national television. He I could. hate to say it. I don't want to see him do that, but I, know. It, I think he could happen, man. He loses it. He like freaks out. He does, yeah. Yeah, he does. I still love that, though. I'm a Democrat, and I'm not just a Democrat. I'm an O'Biden-Bama Democrat. O'Biden-Bama. <laughs> That's what he said, and I'm an, o- I'm an O'Biden-Bama oh Democrat. Oh, he said he's a, he has some doozies, man. He yeah. does. Oh, God, what what kind of world do we live in? What kind of world the do we live in is what I'd like to know. Poor kids are just as smart as rich as white kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as white kids. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Yep. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, he said that. Oh, he said my that. God. Oh, he's, he's had some doozies, man. Oh, boy. And he doesn't even he doesn't like, blink an eye when he says it. That's how George W. No. Bush was, kind of. He was. Like, he was. He wasn't a good yeah, speaker. He was. Yeah, he was a, a dimwit. Yeah. Seemed like it. He was funny, but, though. Uh, he was funny. Biden's like, not funny. George W. Bush is the type of guy that I would, it's like, you'd want to have him over for dinner. Yeah, I'm like, out hang yeah. out with George yeah. W. He's a pretty funny guy. Biden, no thanks. No. Biden no, just has, like, a... that quintessential politician look. Like, with the big white Sleeve teeth. Bag. And, I, think, like, the... I think that he has early onslaught Alzheimer's. I really do. Sure. Seems like it. I really do. He, well, what did he... He thought his, his sister was his wife. <laughs> Oh, well, what, that's because they switched places. Yeah, you know. Well, he was all yeah, set. To, you he look had at your wife, you know your wife. Do you? I would think so. <laughs> I, 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 I would. I would recognize Catherine. I really would. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. You anyway. better hope so. <laughs> yeah, you better hope you do, pal. I guarantee you that. I don't know. I what? What? what uh, Twelve years ago. 
12 years ago, didn't Biden say to Obama, "You're so, what did he say? You're so so clean? Yeah, clean. Remember that? Clean, well-spoken black man. Yeah, yeah you're a, cl- a well-spoken and clean black man. <laughs> okay. like, I, think, I think he actually said, like, a cl- clean hygiene or good hygiene or something. What? Good hygiene? Yeah, I think it was, it was something oh, like God. that. Oh my God. It's like, come on, Joe, what are you doing? What are you talking about, man? Uh, look, do I think if, if Biden's elected president, it's going to destroy the country? No. Do I think if Trump's reelected, will it? No. I don't think any of these people are going to destroy the country because there are enough people behind the scenes pulling the strings and pushing the buttons. None of these guys get. I love the fact that, that these people actually believe that Donald Trump can do whatever he wants. No, well, he that's, can't. That's the thing about people. It's like, oh, they're going to do all these things. First, and it's like, do you know how much has to go through yeah. in order for any change to happen? It's not like the president is like, this is the way it is. Gavel. Yeah, people don't understand. Done. Congress controls all money. Yeah. Every penny. They control the right. purse strings. And without the purse strings, you got nothing. So. Yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you got uh, Bernie. Bernie just hit the the, uh, the uh, podium. Oh boy! So I don't know what he's talking about mm. yet, but he they, he, they got he's up at the podium right now. He so does I don't know have what an ego, so there's just slim chance. Oh, that he, he does. He might not leave, but I I think he's gone. I think the Democratic Party's probably bribed the heck out of him to step away. Well, there's a lot of bribery in American politics. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I wish they had a, a printout of what he's saying. Uh, okay, Fox News alert. Bernie Sanders speaks after heavy losses last night in primaries and the caucus. Uh, they haven't printed yet what he has said. As soon as uh, as soon as they put up on the screen what he has said, I will pass it along to you. Bernie Sanders is making uh, an, a big announcement, but nobody knows what it's about yet. Uh, he is kind of hunched over at the podium, which does he usually do that? Does he hunch over like that at the podium? Yes. I've never noticed. Sometimes. Oh, he does. He always has. Yeah, body language. Uh, Biden right now has got a, what, 142, uh, 142 uh, delegate lead. Yeah. That's a pretty on, big lead. Uh, on Sanders. That's a very big <clears throat> lead, yeah. Uh, Biden's not there yet, but he's almost halfway home already, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. As I said, we'll all get through this, and, and I, I'll say it again. I, I'll never understand why Tulsi Gabbard was not given a be- better chance to run for president. I think that it's no her military background. It's probably part of it. Well, the thing, yeah, the, I think you're probably right. That's the irritating thing about, you know, like, yes, we vote in, quote, unquote, our president and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but there's so many steps and so many years of government manipulation and stuff to get right. to get who the president is actually going to be. You know, it's like, yeah, at the end of it, when all is said and done, when there's the two people left, and it's like, well, I yeah, prefer this person You can vote for one person. of the two people they tell you to vote for. You yeah. can't vote for anyone, really. Yeah, because... I mean, technically you can write them in, but that's a waste of a vote. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Sanders has said, last night was not good for my campaign from a delicate point of view. Well, a delicate point of view is the only point of view, so I gotta be honest with you. Bernie Sanders speaks after heavy losses last night in primaries in the caucus. He said right now that uh, last night was not good for him. We know that. I was kind of surprised he won North Dakota. I was surprised. And I know it's that he, a Democratic I like, caucus. I was like, North Dakota? That is really? interesting. Well, no. he, you want to know, here's the reason why, though. Because 98% of North Dakotans wouldn't vote in a Democratic primary anyway. 
No. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And then the ones so that you, think you are was... the ones that are like, Bernie! Well, no, that, that's yeah. Fargo. Yeah, Fargo, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> that was and, Fargo. Okay. And Grand Forks. And Grand Forks. And Grand Forks, because yes. yeah. University of North Dakota is in Grand Forks. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's that's the two all. college towns. Yep. Right. That's yeah. who voted for Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are more colleges than just the two, but North Dakota and North Dakota State are both on the border there. One is, uh, you know, they're not that far. And North Dakota well, doesn't really consider Fargo North Dakota. <laughs> they don't? No. Well, that's not good they news. Why not? Minnesota. They consider Fargo to be, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Because I lived in, in Fargo, uh, Moorhead, many, many years ago. And, and you're right. It is kind of, you're right. It's I'm more, now, whereas Grand Forks is way over the top uh, North Dakota. You know, I did the, I did Fargo, the, Fargo is Minnesota. You're I did right. the commercials for Fargo. I was the face of Fargo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you Google, this is Fargo, it's the first video that pops up. It's me. I was the face of Fargo. Hmm. You doing what? It was a commercial. Shoplifting? It was a commercial for Fargo. Just Google, just Google this is Fargo. It's the first video. Go under videos. It's the first one that pops up. Yeah, you're right. Don't lie. You were shoplifting. It's a, it's shoplifting. a, it's a commercial for, Far- for the city of Fargo. And it was really? Me. Yeah, I did it for a couple of years. Yep. I didn't know that, so Means, did it work? Yeah, it was great. And then you know what's got the guy who was the head of of the promotion for Fargo, the, the whatever they call that position, uh, marketing. He's now the head mm. guy in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, he moved mm, up quick. Yeah. And he called me and asked me if I wanted to do an ad for for Los Angeles. And at the time, I I couldn't do it, and I probably missed a big opportunity. But yeah, probably true. It's a possibility. In any case, we're keeping an eye on all this stuff. Uh, We got uh, Jim Clyburn wants uh, them to shut down the remaining primaries, declared uh, Biden victor. The gaffes keep up. Now, this, by the way, is I don't even know what news site this is, but they're saying as the gaffes pile up, everybody is talking now, but it's not just, you know, Fox News or whatever. Everybody's kind of talking about the fact that. That Joe just is not thinking clearly at all. So. Well, and you know what's but gonna, then again, you know what's going to come back, right? Is Hunter what? Hunter Biden? <laughs> oh, that's not going to be pretty. And now his brothers may be charged with fraud. Did yeah, you see that? Uh, Joe's brother, yes. Mm-hmm. Joe's brother might be charged with f- federal fraud well, charges. He should nice be. family. He should be. God, he he got, I know. He got the contract to rebuild all the houses in 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 uh, Iraq. I didn't know that. Yes, that's dis- that's disgusting. And, and I don't think he ever built crap. <laughs> he never was a contractor, yeah. but he got the job. Of course he did. Of course he did. We got to take a break here. We'll be right back. Uh, second hour coming up. Uh, we'll. I, I would assume we'll know some of what Bernie oh, yeah. Sanders we'll is talking about in his break. press conference. All right. We'll be back in just probably about five minutes with the second hour with the family. <laughs> 